Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Beats his tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three and three. 22 to Raja. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. All right. Welcome to Cannell and Bell. Hanging out. Raja Bell, Danny Cannell. We got a big show lined up big for you. Zagwan. I didn't mean to be disrespectful when I was doing that little news update right before but seriously, who asked Steve Kerr if if uh, Boogie Cousins is going to be back for the playoffs? Like he tore his quad; he's not going to be back. Correct. God bless like, that's, you. Sir. Like whoever asked that, it's not your heart. Yeah, exactly. It's a very much a bless your heart moment. Uh, we got a big show: NBA playoffs and swing. We're to review some of those uh, matchups that took place last night. We got bat flip controversy. More of that, and bro. Uh, <laughs> I want like let, let's lead. No, the show no, no. With we're that. gonna dive into that later. Right. I can't wait to get into it. It might get a little volatile in here too. <laughs> uh, and the NFL schedule release. Before we get to any of that. Two things. One, have you ever heard people, you, like you've heard the term, it's like riding a bike. Like once you sure. learn, you never forget. So I was at the eye doctor yesterday, and I had to get contacts. I had LASIK. It was good for about 15 years. Then my eyes started to get a little bit worse. You yes. notice stuff. I've been wearing yes, glasses yes. and stuff. So I was like, you know what? I want to kind of have the option to not have to wear glasses. So I go to the eye doctor. They fit me for contacts. So she's like, yeah, she's like, it's just like riding a bike. You'll be fine. So I, in the office, it took me like five minutes to get it in. And she was like, oh, no, no, you'll be fine. Today, it took me like 10 minutes. I could not get it figured out. I felt so weird. I'm so in there funny. sticking my eyeball. It was, was so annoying. You, I was going to ask you this morning. If but my eyes allergies. looked bloodshot. Your eyes were red. I, 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 that's, that's, that's why. <laughs> I also went out last night, so that might have been why they were having trouble <laughs> getting in. But, yeah, that's why my eyes look yeah, all and I And this is the weird thing. I'm only doing one, so it's only one, this why? eye. Because I, because to be able to read, like I don't want to mess it up for reading. I don't know. It's a whole mess. That's but a, but yeah, it's yeah, a weird okay. phenomenon going on right now. Because one eye I see distance, and the other eye I read with. Yeah, that's interesting. It's like mono vision uh, yeah. or something like that. Okay. All right. So we'll see. I'll keep you up to date on that. That wasn't uh, as, as exciting as I thought it was going to be. Kind of when you launched into that. Like, I, no, no, no. I it wasn't that exciting. But I just I would share that because I'm. Well, people are probably like, "What's wrong with this eye?" <laughs> so I'm making sure everybody knows. Uh, the other thing, are you okay? There's a trend going on. I'm, it's very unsettling. Mm. Fat shaming. In the NFL. And I am not cool with it. I, yeah, but I, everybody's I okay with it. Shaming. But everybody's okay with it. Like normally there's, you know, it's, there's a no policy on Twitter, social sure. media, no fat shaming, but it's okay in the NFL. Yeah. Well, uh, because our quarterback right here in Miami for the uh, Miami Dolphins, Ryan Fitzpatrick is being fat shamed is all really? over the place. Yes. People are making fun of him. They're laughing about him, posting unflattering pictures while he's working out. He does look huge. How big is he? Well, we he's a also picture? no. We don't have a picture. I, I mean, told Coco to get it. You're shaming, but he's got a job to do. He does. He has. A, you know, he's got the beard still, which right. I think makes you look bigger. There's. All right, so that's oh. the picture that everybody had going around. Oh, oh. Okay. it's thick. He like, looks like he's got his rib protector on there, though. He does not. He doesn't have a rib protector sure? on. Yeah, he doesn't have anything on there. He looks massive. Okay. He looks borderline like it could be a center or a guard. <laughs> so he was asked about it. And like all the reporters are like having fun with him. He comes out and he, he has seven kids, by right. the way. He has seven kids. Uh, but he said six of them have birthdays in January and March and it's April right now. So he said he parade. eats too much cake. He said yeah. he had too much cake. He said he'll be in shape by the time the season starts. But to be honest with you, I am a little bit worried. Like the Dolphins probably are laughing because they want to tank and try to get Tua or Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. And that was one of the reasons they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. The more inadequate, the better. Yeah. So yeah. maybe that's what they're thinking. So they'll take that all the way to the bank. But stop fat shaming NFL quarterbacks. <laughs> it's not cool. Uh, speaking of the NFL, the NFL schedule was released and that's not you dialed in 8 p.m i'm sure you were in oh, front man. of the tv that was right? must watch tv yeah yeah <laughs> you can't wait for the Listen, week i six could, matchup i could care less even when i played right 
I wasn't really, I didn't care about the schedule except when our primetime games were. That's all I really cared about. So I, I didn't have to watch the schedule release. I wasn't one of the people waiting around to see when we played. I, I could care less. So I think you bring up an interesting point because as a player myself, I was worried about a couple things. Mm-hmm. And there was a rank of what you looked for first. First thing you look for, the bye week. It's like when's my first when's my first weekend off right. is it early is it late is it in the middle of the season you always kind of like mid-october was kind of the sweet spot yep. it was about halfway you know after six games because you play four preseason that was kind of to catch your breath the other one now i think the players would look for and we did some thursday night games sure then you're doing short week you're like ooh, that could be a headache Thanks. but you might get the weekend off after right you could plan some stuff then it was you know monday night football games because that was the big like hey that'd be cool to play in prime time and the thing i always look for and i don't know if anybody else did and this is unique to football as well was weather impacted game like if you're gonna play in green bay in december yeah. which i did a couple times you're like, oh, like that's going to suck. Right. You know, and you're just like, it's something that you keep in the back of your mind uh, as something to look out for. And then the other thing that I was looking at, and now, and this never impacted me in the regular season, was international games, which I think would be such a nightmare, the, the way the structure of the NFL schedule works. Because mm-hmm. it's only 16 games. The guys are very used to routine. It's a massive trip. You're going to have, you know, jet lag issues. And that, to me, would be a... Oh crap. Like when is that sandwich between? Like hopefully your bye week is either right after so you can catch your breath, get back on used used to the right. regular time zone. Uh so that that's like kind of how I'd say most NFL players would look for. Um when you break down the games, it does cuz I'm with you. I've always been like especially like as a player, you're like who cares. But now I kind of mock it, but then once you then once you actually see some of the matchups, it does get kind of exciting. Like well, you can look at some of the games and be like, all right, this is going to be pretty fun. Sure. And I think it says, I mean, it says a lot, obviously, when, when you are the hottest team around, like those teams are going to get the most primetime games, right? So New England has the, has the five primetime games this yeah. year. How many did Cleveland, was Cleveland second or did they get five as well? Like they have a lot no, of No, there was like games. an interesting, like there was an interesting, like, uh, New England, uh, Cleveland plays New England and they're going to do it at 4 p.m. They have four. So that's a massive increase for them, which right. is great. They're the one of the trendy just, picks. It, right. It gives you some, some idea of who's trending in, at least in the minds of the executives in the NFL or the NBA or whatever, you know, whatever league you're playing in. So I love some, like Pete Prisco listed his uh, most notable games. The Saints Rams NFC rematch. The only thing I wish that that game wasn't in LA, that it was in New Orleans, just because mm-hmm. that's where it took place. Uh, you can see that Browns at Patriots. I was really pumped about this game too because you're going to see Baker go on into Foxborough. You know all this talent. See how they do. Packers at Chiefs is a sneaky good one, just from the quarterback aspect, like Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. Sure. That's going to be awesome. Uh, there's also a Chiefs Patriots rematch uh, in Foxborough. This team played twice last year, the AFC Championship rematch. There's just some really fun matchup. Steelers at Jets. Like looking at that one, you're like, all right, what makes that one? You got Le'Veon Bell there now playing against his old team. The only better matchup that I would picture for the Steelers this year would have been if they played the Raiders to see how Antonio Brown and that whole thing. So they Fantastic. hopefully they make uh, they meet in the playoffs. Right. Uh, obviously they won't. Uh, you know they won't get to play in the regular season, but it's pretty cool. The thing I noticed about New England schedule, I'm gonna pull up New England schedule real quick because their their schedule is very favorable. As far as where they're playing their games, they have all of their tough opponents at home. Like we just saw the Cleveland's going there. And you know, years past, you'd be like, well, what's the big deal about, you know, the Browns? But the Browns are going to be better this year. Um, Steelers at home is a good, is a good one. Uh, and it's at home. It's a good opponent. Uh, Jets, Bills, like their usual AFC's games are going to have, they're usually rotating. Giants are at home. The Browns are at home. Uh, the Cowboys are at home, yeah. and the Chiefs are at home. Like all of their tough games are at home. The rich get um, richer, babe. I think it is. Like what I, happens. I don't know. I was, you know, I was watching NFL Network this morning. They were talking about coming up with a schedule. 
I get that they have to travel some and they have to get some at home, but this is a cakewalk schedule for them as far as where they're playing because they always have that edge at Foxborough and they're going to have it even more so. Yeah, well, if you if you uh, compare that to Oakland, right, who's got like the toughest strength of schedule and then the most miles traveled by right. any team this year, right? You know, it's interesting that you would give one of the worst teams from last year the toughest haul this year with the most travel and one of the best teams from last year. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I think that's sure. interesting. You can't find some middle ground there, but it is what it is. So we were talking about the uh, international games. Like, that's one of the things to play. What is the deal with that? Is is the NFL that big in London? Are we? No, I don't think they are. Now, they'll sell out. Right. There'll be some fans that'll be at the game. Like, it is. The NFL is trying to go global. I think they're trying to do what the NBA is well, doing. Are they? Are they? The problem is everybody plays basketball worldwide. Football is not that common. Like, it's a soccer you know, Europe, all right. of it is a soccer driven, um, you know, continent when you look at it. So I, but the NFL is trying to go global. I think the goal is to have an NFL franchise in London. Uh, there's a lot of speculation that Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars would love to do that. Right. Uh, that seems to me like why they're doing so much so they can just say, Hey, look, this is normal. You try to build an NFL fan base before that franchise is planted there. Yeah. I don't know why they do it. Like, I, to me, it drives me nuts when I feel like soccer is thrown down our throats in the U.S. Like, hey, if you want to like soccer, that's great. But don't get all mad at me if I don't watch it. You know, and that's yeah. what happens. Like, the World Cup comes around, the MLS, there's always, you know, there's a heavy, heavy push to watch these games, and you get a lot of promotion for them, which is great for that sport. But, again, like, I'm, it's never going to catch football. That's why I don't think, like, why is the NFL wasting their time trying to jam it down Europeans. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it, if they're consuming it when you go over there, I, scheduling, let's take scheduling out of the, out of the equation because, you know, you're talking about travel. Unless you're only going to make those teams play East Coast teams, a team that would be based in, in, in England. Yeah. You know, if they've got to play East Coast teams, which isn't feasible, like that's one thing. But when you're asking those guys to go all the way out to LA and, and out into those areas to play, I, I don't know what that does in terms of travel for them, uh, versus the rest of the league. But, if you're going to take a team over to London, they'll consume it. They're coming out in, in, in droves to support it. Um, and you're the only thing that exists like that in England. I think you would, you would be fine. Yeah. I do. And you're getting the best players on the planet. The thing with our soccer players, right? They're not, they're not the best players on the planet. And I, forgive me. I mean, MLS is a great product. I like it. But it's not, I, I, it's I grow, not the best But you're not the getting world. the best product in the world. They would be, and they'd be the only team, um, in, in Europe. So you know what I mean? So All right, I how about they this? Have the support. How about this? If you're the if you're the the union, the uh, the the players association, are you agreeing to that? Because those players are going to have to live there. You know, like yeah. those 53 players that are playing on, if it's the Jacksonville Jack or whatever team, whatever franchise. Am, am I there? agreeing to allow uh, to allow a franchise uh, a franchise there? Yeah. Like if you're a, if you're the union, are you agreeing to that? Because that's going to affect a I lot mean, of I don't people. Know. In major I'm, you know, like I'm that's not the smartest dude in the room. No, I know, I know, and but I, you're creating be, you're like, creating 53 more jobs. True. Like um, as a, as a 23, 24 year old, that like I was single, I'd be pretty cool. I would have been like, but if you got kids, you know, like it, I think it could be. I would love it, right. I, but I think some guys would be like, you'd have to second, for, you'd you know, have like, to get the pulse. Of, you what would you probably do is just make sure you got a real true pulse of of the the guys that are already in your union. Yeah, see how they felt because it would affect some of them. Possibly in trades or what do they call them? What are the drafts? They, they what do they call the drafts when you're trying to start a new franchise? Like a supplemental um, draft? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you know, did you ever play internationally while you were in the NBA? Yeah. Uh, so well, they had regular pre season or no, preseason? Preseason, and that, that's what interests me here because you know 
there, there, there's so many fewer games in the NFL, and you're, right. you're taking four of them to play abroad. And I don't even know how many regular season games are played abroad in the NBA. Were there any this year? If there were, I don't think it, they do. Uh, yeah, you know, baseball did the weird thing during spring training when they had, uh, you know, it was uh, Ichiro's last game. Right. They did that, but it was like then they had more spring training games after that. It was really weird sure. how they did it. I got to play in Tokyo oh, when I was on the cool. Falcons. They yeah. used to have the Tokyo Bowl, and it would they'd have you know different teams go out there every year. It was awesome. Like in that time, again, I was single. It's a long flight. We were only there about four days, so your clock is totally messed up. But one of of like the things like you remember about it was, you know, I guess as a country, let's just say Japan is a little bit smaller on the size, yeah, and NFL guys are a little bit larger. So and they don't have a lot of black people, right? So it was like, oh my gosh, like you'd be walking through the streets, and if I was with an offensive lineman who was a black dude, it was like they saw. Like Elvis or something. Like it was like, oh my, like people are taking pictures. They're looking at them. So yeah. that was one thing. Then after the game, we were going back to the airport. And, uh, after the game, like some of the guys had snuck on some liquor and like you, you're sitting there. No, it wasn't on the, it was after our flight on the way there. Mm-hmm. So it's a long flight. A lot of dudes were partying on the flight. So we're going to the hotel and it's like whatever time. It's like rush hour at the time. And Tokyo is bigger than New York City. Like rush hour is a mess. Right. We had a police escort, uh, taking us to stay. So as we're going through again, like all these, uh, Tokyo, like people stuck in traffic are pointing, looking at us going through. Yeah. One of our bigger offensive linemen had been drinking too much and we were on this big, like four buses caravan. So all these people are like taking pictures of us. He like, they, they popped open oh. and out and he like stuck his head out and just yacked all the side of the road. <laughs> and I kept thinking like, what are all these people that are looking at this NFL team coming to town? Yeah. Like what is going through their mind when they're looking at these dudes like yacking out Great the back of the bus? For your, uh, yeah. <laughs> Wizards Knicks was in London this year. Remember, uh, Ennis Cantor couldn't travel because. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because of his, his issue. Passport. And that was regular or preseason? That was regular season game. I played only preseason games abroad. I played in Mexico City. The Jazz played the Mavericks, I think one year. And then we did a tour of Italy um when when I was in preseason with the Suns and played a a cup type of thing with two the Sixers and the Suns and then two European teams in uh in Germany one preseason but never a regular season game. You know what's interesting to uh to see happen too is they're doing another city uh in uh another game in Mexico at the same stadium, I believe. I remember last year the game was moved because right. they had issues with the turf. So hopefully they get that straightened out as the Chiefs and Chargers are scheduled to play Monday, November 18th for Monday Night Football. So that will be pretty cool uh, to see that happen. So that's our uh, take on the NFL mm-hmm. schedule. Hopefully uh, people enjoyed that. Uh, there already are wagers on week one games. Yeah. Uh, who do you like? Packers at Bears. Bears, Bears land three and a half. No, I'll take the Bears. All right, you're taking the home team. The Bears, All right, yeah. All right. that's your lock. That's a good yeah, lead pipe now, lock. You can, you can go ahead and put that in now and wait. Six months till that to play out. Yeah. There's some good little matchups here. I can't, I, I am getting more and more excited about the season as, as we actually can see some. I generally get more excited about football, college football and pro football when it comes around than, than basketball. I'm never way out in front of basketball, but I will start tuning in and trying to figure out what's going to happen with football season. Monday night football, the first game is Broncos at Raiders. Surprise, the Raiders are the favorite, uh, laying two and a half against the Broncos. Obviously that Antonio Brown edition. The thing that drives me nuts about all these lines that we're getting, we don't even know who they're drafting. Yeah, seriously. Like they could have different quarterback. I mean, what if, you know, what if all these situations you, happen? Like who's going to be on the do squad? Do you think that they should wait to release the schedule? I mean, they, they have a, because the NFL is, has this genius setup. They really do. But, but, but I would like to know, like, what if one of these Kyler Murray's in Arizona? You don't think that's something that, that people are going to want to see and tune into and maybe would affect whether they get a primetime game? Yeah, that's a good point. You know I mean? That is, oh, it's absolutely. It should, right. You... It absolutely should. Um, it's a good point. They have it all mapped out though, like, cause they try to own the year. 
And the NFL does a great job of right. by spacing things out. Okay. And it's like sometimes they'll do some things that, you know, kind of I think is a dig at the NBA or Major League Baseball. Right. I don't know. Maybe that's why. They, maybe, I think okay. they probably, you know, it helps. It Maybe it amps up the interest to the draft because it's a, it's a week away. Yeah. Kind of gets people more that's excited a, about it. That might be a reason they do it. But they definitely uh, owned it. Uh, Josh Rosen, this is from uh, Coca, was not featured in the Arizona Cardinals schedule release video. Message. Take what? Yeah, exactly. I don't. I think everybody knows what's going on now. I just think it's interesting for Josh Rosen if he gets traded or not. By the way, the Falcons, did you see their Game of Thrones release video? I did. That definitely won the day. Yeah, pretty dope. Like, that was pretty cool. Pretty and it dope. was like, really, the animation was really cool, yeah. too. They did a good job on that. So, well done by the Falcons. You guys win the offseason. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving nonstop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell. So I got a confession to make, yeah, and I need your advice. Confession. I need your advice. I was on the radio the other day, by the it way. It was? Yeah. All right, I need your advice on this one. Yeah. So I am on a text chain. I'm not a huge fan of text chains. I like our show one, though. That's pretty good because I don't think anybody abuses it. Right. Like, we have show ideas and stuff. It's pretty good. My family has one, and there's a couple things that really annoy me about it. One is somebody, I have a hunch it was my sister, uh-huh. named it This Is Us. <laughs> I think that's kind of corny, like right there. Um, isn't that the name of a show? That's the name of a show. Yep. So that's what I, yeah, I don't even yeah, like the show. Yeah. It's like, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the show, but do you think it would be rude of me to exit the conversation? No, I do it all the time. Or I will, now, will ask, they know? Can I mute out of it? What I usually do, cause I don't care. Yeah. I will say, why am I in this? <laughs> Please start another one. But the, like the whole purpose of this thing is like, it's kind of like prayer requests, like if anybody has any problem, like you're thinking about each other, sure. like lifting up the family members. Sure. So there is a positive vibe behind it. Yep. But again, I'm like. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to say it how you feel, bro. Right. Why am I in this? <laughs> yeah. I haven't responded in three months. Yeah, I'll have Please to do take that. Take me off. I'll have to do that. All right, I'm going to get to that. All right, NBA playoffs. Last night, the Rockets blow out the Jazz again, 118 to 98. Um it's just total domination in this series. Harden dropped 32. He was 11 to 24 from the field, 6 to 13 from the three point line. I got beat on this game. I was actually a little irritated last night. Uh, the total was 215. I took the under. You even looked at me like, why are you taking the I under know. yesterday? I thought with, uh, with the Rockets new defense for a while, I think it was 70 44 at half. Like it was some crazy score. They were dominant. I'm sure. like, maybe the, the Jazz just won't be able to do it. Maybe they'll score 80. Then of course, when things get out of hand later in the game, it just kind of, you know, they started scoring. So I lost my, uh, my bet on the total there, which I was kind of bummed about. This one wasn't super surprising to me after seeing the way game one played out. It kind of surprising overall because I thought the Jazz would be putting up more of a fight than this. Uh, well, I guess I discounted how good the Rockets really are defensively. They've uh, they've really been able to hold Utah in check. Like, no, the Rockets do what the Rockets do offensively, but defensively they've really been doing a great job. You're talking about Donovan Mitchell, 11 points on five of 19. Rudy Gobert, you know, only 11 points. He's a minus 20 on your plus minus uh, first game. Of the series, uh, the kid from Australia, I can't recall his name right now, I don't know, but he's been huge for Utah all year, Joe Ingles. Yep. Three points, I believe. They've been doing a great job, and it's not just, you know, they, they're just scrambling and they're all over the place. Every shot that Utah gets is either contested or someone's blocking it, you know, and that's, that, that speaks to the, the level of intensity that you're playing with defensively. 
Uh, Quinn Snyder, coach of the Jazz, compared James Harden to artificial intelligence. Quote, he usually figures out what you're doing, then you have to adjust to what he's figured out, and then he'll figure that out, and then you go back and forth. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like they have their hands full, which everybody has trying to cover, uh, James Harden. Yeah, but that, you know, I think people don't, you know, got people who don't really know basketball, don't ever factor that into the equation with James Harden. It's just how smart he is in, you know, when you're talking about a guy that every game is going to see some sort of different kind of defense and he still manages to shred it, that guy's playing cerebrally at a different level, not just physically, but mentally. And you've heard Mike D'Antoni kind of talk about how smart he is. You know, that, that is pretty interesting. AI is a good way to kind of describe that because I can't do that. No, there are very few people that can really diagnose on the fly exactly what's taking place. And by the second quarter have figured out the antidote for it. When, uh, when these series get set up for round two, most likely Rockets versus Warriors, I'm thinking about taking the Rockets. Because I think you can get good value. Like, I still think the Warriors are going to win, but I think it's worth the value play Robbie, to take the Rockets. You get – the Rockets are playing better than the Warriors right now. Yeah. That's why I can put it. They're playing better. There's a level of defensive intensity that's there. Offensively, they are clicking. Everyone is producing. They are doing what they're supposed to do. The Golden State's not playing bad. But they're just not playing their best basketball right now. Houston is. So if you take last year as any indication when they got pushed to seven, um, yeah, I would not be afraid to take Houston. And I don't even think it's a stretch to think that Houston could beat them. I'm not predicting it, but I think that'll be a, a really, really good series. Yep, I think so too. So I'll, I'll, I'll hit you back up for that when it's all set and see if we're still feeling as confident on that one, or at least that it's worth a, a swing at it. Mm-hmm. All right, baseball, your favorite topic to talk. If they got a dilemma going on, there is a definitely a shift a in baseball. Yeah. There's old school versus new school, and new school is making some serious inroads. Old school need to get out the way. No, you're crazy. Old school the is way. the way the game should be the played. The bus is coming. Get out the way. So we had a game yesterday where, uh, where Tim Anderson, the White Sox, hits a home run and does the old bat flip against the Royals. They're playing fourth inning. He doesn't do the bat flip. Even flip he tossed it. He chucked it over there. But then look where the catcher's standing for the Kansas City Royals. Throws it right by him. Then the next time he comes up, takes one in the back of the hip. No big deal. That's like that's just that's par for the course. Now here's what I don't understand. Tim Anderson's walking. He's just talking. He didn't charge the mound. He didn't do anything. Nothing really happened to this. He just took his punishment and moved on. Why can't we all just move on in the game from this point? I, I'm with that. First of all, first and foremost, there is someone who's tasked with coming out of the dugout to retrieve a bat. Correct? Yes, a bat boy or so a bat girl. I could make the argument. <laughs> Come on. He took All right, that go bat give me that garbage. and threw it at his own dugout, <laughs> oh. thus making the job easier. Oh, for get out of here with that garbage. Number oh, one. Let's keep this above Number board. One. Number two, you're right, what is the beef? He's not allowed. Because he what, pipped out the home run. He showed up the pitcher. No, but I mean, after he got hit with the pitch, pitch what is everybody's beef well, as that's, he walks down to, to, to first base? Sure, he's going to say something to the pitcher. Right, and I'm okay with that. And, and the catcher was there. Like, the catcher didn't hit him. They just were walking down. The umpire, I thought, like, blew this way out of control. And then, as in most baseball fights that unfold, everybody comes on the field. They yell, rah, 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 what are you going to do? Hey, I'll kick your butt. And then they all get separated. Everybody goes back to their business. I support the ejection of the pitcher. I don't understand why the hitter had to get ejected. Because he was the original perpetrator of the original crime. I'm going to go back and and oversimplify as I always do. If you don't want someone to celebrate a home run, don't let them hit a home run. It's as simple as that. It really is. What 
I don't understand how the answer for someone hitting a home run and celebrating is you trying to maim someone with a hard He's ball not They're from not trying. 70 so feet away, this, throwing it 200 miles an hour. This is the unwritten rules. You go below the belt, like so, and they usually you try to hit them in the low butt or back of the legs because it can't hurt anything until you don't hit him there and you hit him in his. In his <laughs> these in guys his are professional. Uh, these guys are professional athletes who can put it. They it's can ridiculous. paint the corners right there when they get in there. Tim Anderson wasn't having nothing of it. Uh, didn't matter after the game. He's tweeting out videos, gifts of the, the, I love the bat flip. I love it. And tweeting it out there. Then, uh, so a dude comes at him. Randall Grichuk. Grichuk. Oh, Plays for the Blue Jays. Yeah, oh, Grichy. Guys are getting a little excessive on pimping home runs. On meaningless home runs, too. Act like you've done it before. One time. Preach it. My man Randall getting it. Tim Anderson oh, comes Grichy. right back at him. Smiling, laughing emoji. Put a name on so we can see who you're talking about, brah. Brah. Keep it one hundo. <laughs> <laughs> this is outstanding. I love it. See, now I want to see when these dudes play against each other. I think it's other. good for baseball, too. I do, too. See, that's the ultimate thing. I like that there's an old school versus new school. Correct. I kind of like some of the new school philosophy. It is fun. I like that it makes the old school guys grumpy and that they do have, like, again, we talked a little about Ovi, uh, Ovechkin's fight the other day. A lot of people are talking about it. Like, this brings up the conversation. Now people will probably watch today's game, if they even play today, if they have another game in this series. But you're just more likely to watch. Now more people know who Tim Anderson is. He's got, like, a lot of yesterday. The problem exactly. with Tim Anderson, and I don't know, I don't know if he's that good or not. Mm-hmm. He, he might not be a good enough player to really move the needle for a player like that. I do think there needs to be an Aaron Judge type of player or a John Carlos Stanton type of player or a or Mike a, Trout, Mike Bryce, Trout Harper, player. Bryce Harper. Is. Bryce Harper. Yep. Who, who does that? Right, who Bryce Harper. Back at people? Yeah, who, who's got personality. So so baseball purists and stuff, have to. you're forced to accept that person. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. Too often in baseball, your, your best players are all buttoned up, and so you never, as a baseball purist, have to step outside of that lane. Right. You need one that breaks the mold. Andre Agassiz. Where everybody, he's so good that you're forced to accept that we're changing this sport. Right. You know what I mean? And but I hope doesn't have that. But see, here's what I hope too, is that I hope that baseball is okay if pitchers start doing the same. We talked well, about this the last time. Or what if pitchers start coming out and so they get a little bit crazier with, you know, brushing them back and not hitting them, but brushing them back before they do the that bat That shouldn't play. be the answer. If that's going to be the answer, and this is, if that's going to be the answer, every time a pitcher strikes someone out, if he even does like a little, yes. Right. And that guy should be able to run up with the bat and hit you in the thigh. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly, right. that's what we're talking about, right? Right. If I if I celebrate, but nobody's at all, cool with that. Like the pitcher's going to start retaliating by fist pump. That is saying, fine. Sit down, What's have wrong a seat. With that? Like, nobody just, said sit down and have a seat. No, but they but will. If, like that'll be the next next thing. I strike each people out, and you show a little bit of a. I just don't like. I don't the, know why we're all right. So here's a, here's here's a, this was a tweet, right? Yep. Uh, Red current Reds pitcher, former St. John's basketball star Amir Garrett. Yep. Um, he says, I feel like a lot of baseball players couldn't survive playing another sport. Why do people get mad for bat flips? Your feelings hurt? Laughing out loud. Imagine somebody dunking on you and talking mess right in your face. You just, you just gotta get even. That, that is the approach and I'm with him. If your skin is that thin, man, what's gonna happen when, like, baseball's the only world in which you can exist. So Amir Garrett also followed up. He said, my take, bat flips are cool. You take it to the chin and wear it. But next time you face him, strike him out and do whatever you got to do. Fist pump, moonwalk, cartwheel, do whatever. I'm all for it, but both ways. I'm with that. But I don't want it to become some circus sideshow. Like, I, I do you're like having about sportsmanship. Isol- you're talking about isolated incidents, though. Not everyone's well, going to do it. But see here, that's the thing. Tim Anderson, it was a meaningless home run. I am I am cool with bat flips if there's something on the line. It's emotional. It doesn't seem premeditated. Right. This one seemed like he was going to bat flip to make a name for himself. And I think that's why the old school 
school guys are like, hey, wait a second. So you're oh. not, so you, you have no room in, 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 in a basketball game for a dude like shooting the, the three arrow when he makes a three. You don't enjoy any of that? No, I do. do I do like soccer. It. Do you enjoy soccer players? No, I can't stand after soccer. goals. I don't like soccer, period. You don't like that. What about football? Like when you score a touchdown? I don't, we've do talked something? about it. I don't love the over the top. I uh, like a little quick celebration. I don't like the elaborate pre-orchestrated. That flip is a little celebration. I mean, he didn't take the bat, twirl it, it do a true. baton routine with it, toss it up, catch it. I think the biggest the base, he just I think, flipped the bat. I think the biggest problem, if you look at the video, I think the biggest issue that Kansas City had was, was close to the catcher, and it looked like he said something to the catcher, and the catcher looked at him, and then that gets back. So I was playing minor league baseball. <laughs> what am I talking about? So Basketball all the time. Yes, bro. Hey, you better call a better pitch next time, bro. I'm out. So bro, I got no beef with that. I played one, like three quarters of a season of minor league baseball mm-hmm. on the Newark Pairs. My third game there, still new, hardly even know anybody. We're playing the Somerset Patriots. Somerset. And it was like a rivalry, I guess. I had no idea. Like in the, in the Atlantic League. So the third game, we're going at it. Something happens. Something transpires. And they're like, next time that dude comes up, we're going to hit him. And they're like, be ready to go. And they're telling me this. Yeah. And so then like one of the older guys comes up to me. He's like, Hey, he's like, this is what's going down. He's like, we're all going to go out there. There's going to be a brawl. He's like, He's giving me like, he's like, keep your head on a swivel. He's like, watch your back. He's like, no one cares about, like, he's like, you don't have to get into it, but you have to go out there. Sure. I was like, all right, cool. I'm like, if we need to throw it out, I'm ready to go. But he's like, no, he's like, just stay out of it. Stay on the fringe. We'll, you know, we'll all protect you or whatever. So I was like, all right, cool. But similarly to this, uh, Royals, uh, White Sox fight, our managers got into it. Right. And they were fighting. They're like old dudes. And that was the best part about it. Like I was loving it. I was, so I was out there watching. I'm kind of laughing. All these guys, are, right. these old timer, like you talk about old school, like the jerseys ripped off. They come oh, back. That's great. But the fans were loving it. Fans loved it. See, that's why I think you kind of like, you, you got to infuse, you got to infuse a little bit of, of, of spontaneity and celebrate. You have to infuse some life, if you will. Yeah. Better, a black or wet, better way to put it. Yep. Life in the baseball, in my opinion. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a good thing with all these conversations. All these people like have different opinions about it. it's good because we're talking about mm-hmm. baseball, yeah. uh, which we don't usually. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell, <laughs> talking a little politics in between the break oh and a good God. laugh out of that. Um, well. So, are you moving to New Orleans? <laughs> the reason I ask is because your boy David Griffin yeah. has taken the new gig with the New Orleans Pelicans, and uh, I, I, I know he. You probably got a text, didn't you? A I text Griff when I yeah, heard congratulations, he had it. congrats and stuff like that. I, what was the offer? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I think Griff knows my heart's not in that. Right. Griff, you already I, had your experience really in Cleveland. Yeah, he yeah. knows it. I don't really. All right. So he was talking about uh, Anthony Davis. You know, one of the best players in the mm-hmm. league. There was a lot of speculation. He wants out. He's going to leave. They weren't playing him. He says, "Hold on a second. As I lose my voice right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pe- his says, "Hold on." He hints, says, uh, "AD's time with the Pelicans." Might not be over yet. Word. His quote was, we have a long successful history with Clutch Sports. Rich Paul and I have spoke about Anthony. We are both excited about what we could potentially build here. Rich Paul and I were part of succeeding. They will understand when I say this. You are either all the way or all the way out. Has not spoken directly to Anthony Davis, but reportedly has set up a meeting to talk soon. Does it matter that David Griffin wants him? Can he keep him there? Um, ultimately, I don't know that he can keep him. I think it does matter that David Griffin wants him and sounds like... Now, there are two schools of thought. He could either be posturing to make the rest of the league, you know... Drive up the price? Correct. Like, we, we're not going to do anything we, we don't... We're, our hand's not going to be forced here. Or he could really be making a play to try to keep AD. Um, if, if he makes a play to keep AD, David Griffin is one of those guys... Um, that is great at, at conflict resolution. He's able to get both sides of the party, I mean, both sides of the problem to the table, um, mediated to some degree. And then he would just have to show Anthony Davis, and he's also very good at this, the plan. 
not every front office is great at articulating and laying out their plan, how they're going to get from point A to the desired point B. They do that very well. Or Griff does and the staff that he had in, in Cleveland. I'm sure he'll assemble a very similar staff uh, in New Orleans. And so, you know, you have to show these guys what you're going to do to get them the support that they need to make them the viable team that they want to be on. Um, and, and I think Griff can do that. But he couldn't do anything else. There was no other play for Griff in this. He had to come out and, and say, yeah. Anthony Davis is, is here right now. Hold the phone. We're not sure what's going to happen with him. We're going to make our best efforts to retain him. And I know this also about Griff. He's not going to be forced to do anything. He really isn't. Like he's, he, Griff's going to do it his way. And if he, if he thinks it's in the best interest to keep him there for a while and then trade him at another time, then he's going to do what he's got to do. What's the plan though? What would you, what would you sell Anthony Davis on? Like, are you, you're not going to bring another one player to join you in New Orleans, are you? Um, like, so I, it's a longer term build yeah, around you I, plan, I would imagine. which has already been sold, I would imagine, and I, it didn't work. I don't have, well, you know, Anthony Davis was here. Anthony Davis was there with the front office that he clearly lost faith and lost trust in. Mm-hmm. So no matter what you were saying to him at that point, right. he ain't buying it. The question is whether or not he would believe in Griff. And his his management team, Clutch Sports, has every reason to believe in Griff. They've worked hand-in-hand hand with Griff in assembling a team in Cleveland that was able to win a championship and go to four straight finals. So if anyone would speak to Griff's ability to kind of execute a laid-out plan, it, it, it would be Rich Paul and Clutch Sports. I don't know that they're able to get a number one guy there in New Orleans. I, first of all, I don't know what their cap situation looks like. I don't know what type of tangible assets they have. I do know that as a free agent destination, New Orleans is not number one on most people's right. lists. So it's going to be a little harder for him to do that. Having said that, Cleveland wasn't a great destination yeah. either, but you had LeBron mm-hmm. and Kyrie. That in and of itself will attract players to come play there. So, you know, the first shoe falls, you get someone maybe via trade that's not a LeBron or 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 something but it's a but, good player. But it's a really good player. You've got him and an Antonio, I mean uh, an Anthony Davis. Davis that are committed. That becomes attractive now. I don't know what their draft situation is again, but maybe you got a draft pick. Uh, 26% chance of a top 4 pick. Yeah, dude, you you, you know? land you land one of those you you have some pieces in um what's what's the guard's name? I really like him. He he's got a brother that plays and he's married to Holiday. Player, Drew Holiday. He's a good piece. Maybe that's good enough to flip the two of those for something really meaningful that is a, a solid number two or a one B type of player. Now you've got two good players. You can now entice maybe the third to come up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now you're starting to build it. I don't know what it looks like. I haven't talked to Griff about it. Anybody can I hope he gets him because I think it'd be great for Griff because what does he do without him? Yeah. Then becomes, you know, then, then what kind of pieces do you get in a trade so, with the Lakers or wherever else, which might be, I think that might be the more exciting route if you're a New Orleans fan. Like, you're, I, I don't know. My hunch is that Anthony Davis goes somewhere else. Right. And that you'll see Griffin get to build something with the pieces he gets in return for Anthony Davis. Julius Randle has a player. All right. So, um, what did he say? He said, checking text. I, I was, he was really impressed by their situation, uh, in New Orleans is what Griff said right. when I sent him a text about hearing that he had had the meeting. Yeah. And he said, I, I, I woke up pre- feeling pretty fired up. So Griff isn't a dude. He sat out a couple years, right? He can pick and choose. He too. can pick and choose where he goes. Uh, Griff isn't the type of dude that's just going to, you know, lurch at any dangling job because he has to. There's got to be a situation in place that he feels is, is, is set up pretty nice for him to do what he wants to do and execute his plan. 
And from my experience, I think when Grip puts his mind to doing something like that, he usually can do it pretty well. Bro, you got to make news on here more often. Like you can, you can get these texts and read them like you're breaking news. Like you could have said, like the other day when he was hired, you could have said, "All right, bro, here's David Griffin's comments on being hired." You could have been the first one to the first one on the table there. Yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's get that out there. Um, Russell Wilson. I think there are two camps on Russell Wilson. I think there are the people that really like him a lot. I think there are the people that can't stand him. Uh, Where do you fall? Love him. <laughs> All right. Love Why him. do you love him? I'm, I'm, I think he's great. Mm-hmm. Cause I think he's a, he's like the guy, kind of like Steph Curry in the NBA. Like, I want my daughters to watch him and to sure. look up to him. He's a good guy. He's a good dude, but he definitely has his haters. I think what he did the Why? other night just fed his haters, like just threw Why? gasoline on that fire. Because what is there to hate about him? What has he ever done? That he's a little too cheesy. Uh, that he's a little too fake, that he doesn't give you the real Russell Wilson. You ask all of your quarterbacks to be that. I agree. You ask every single quarterback and everybody who would be a hater would stand up there and kill every other quarterback who's not politically correct and gets up to the podium like Blake Bortles talking about ripping cigs and <laughs> right. not presidential enough for the job and he's not the CEO that you want for the job. So this man comes up and he does exactly what you ask a CEO to do. Not make any waves. Be politically correct. Say nothing when they ask you a question. Everything that you would ask from that position and then you hate him? Shame on you. <laughs> so here's what I like about him. Yeah. And this is, I think, most importantly, I think that his teammates on the offensive side of the ball, there's been a little uh, <laughs> reports of the old, and guys that are gone yeah. uh, that weren't too high on Russell Wilson. Jealousy. But, All of yeah, them. exactly. Eight. So Tyler Lockett and DJ Fluker, I think they do the thing that shows you they actually like him because yeah. they spoofed his video when there he announced go. it, and it's epic. These dudes did a really good job. Have a listen. Hey, Seattle. That's Russell. <laughs> we got a deal. Bro, don't get no gangster in that. Look Go at that. Hawks. Go Hawks. But I'm going to see y'all in the morning. Good night. Time for y'all to go to bed. Time for y'all to go to bed. Go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> see y'all in the morning. All right, here's the response. Hey, Seattle. <laughs> we got a deal. <laughs> Go Hawks. <laughs> That's epic because Tyler Lockett is decked out in several chains. Phenomenal. And Fluker pops out from under the little uh, sheets just like he's Sierra. Phenomenal. Outstanding. Outstanding work right there. I did notice that time because you had said it multiple times. Yeah. Russell Wilson did drop the base on Man. you. And he gave you a little bit more than you don't usually see. Yes. Russell <laughs> Russell Wilson is, you know, they talk when I grew up, right, whether this is right or not, my dad used to always talk to me about playing the game. Yep. You know, and, and essentially that was politically, like whether you're in school or when you're dealing Absolutely. with people, you got to play the game, man. Sometimes it might not be what you want to do or the way you want to act, but you got to learn how to play the game. Russell Wilson plays that game, baby. Yes, he and does. He, he does exactly what you need to do when you need to do it. And I've got no beef with that whatsoever. I thought the video was as boss as you could get. And I yeah. know people hated it. You just got a like, $140 million deal. Yeah. You're laying in bed. Bro. With superstar wife. Come on, man. I, I, I agree with you. That is about as boss as you can get. I can't stand because there is a younger generation attitude. Um, and I think it's really the NBA is probably leading the way in this. Mm-hmm. It's just, you keep it real. Like you, you be you. Who cares what anybody thinks? Right. And it's a good philosophy to have, but a lot of times it's going to cost you money. It's going to yeah. cost you a job in, in life, not maybe not in the NBA or certain. And if you're good enough, if you're a superstar, That's the thing. if you're good enough, it usually doesn't matter, right? But there's a lot of guys that I think try to abide by that philosophy, and it costs them opportunity, right? Because the guys are like, ah, I don't want to deal with this guy, sure, you know. So I don't know. It's it's one of those philosophies. I will be teaching my kids to play the game. I will be teaching my daughters yeah. to do the same. Yeah, Absolutely, the it's yeah. the smarter thing to do. 
All right, welcome back to Kinnell and Bell, hanging out, talking a little bit NBA playoffs. They're in full swing. Last night's game I thought were kind of boring. Yeah. I don't know, to be honest with you, they weren't that great. No, no like, uh, great finishes. Boston, Indiana for a minute. And yeah. Kind of blah. Uh, from a line perspective, it was really, the spread was eight and a half. Uh, yeah. Was it seven and a half or eight and a half? And they won by, it was seven and a half and they won by eight. And there was a little controversial crazy at the end. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of a crazy finish towards the end. Uh, tonight's game, I think it's going to be much more interesting because this is why, like, some of the games that we're seeing are the individual beefs that are cropping up. So you got Kevin Durant versus Patrick Beverly, which I think Patrick Beverly is totally under Kevin Durant's skin. Mm-hmm. Durant tried to put it to rest and say, no, he wasn't on his presser yesterday. Have a listen. I'm not gonna let, I'm not gonna get in the way of the game because, you know, I want to have a little back and forth with Patrick Beverly. I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Y'all know who I am. <laughs> This series is kind of weird because, you know, uh, when the guy is that small, you know, you got the advantage. Um, but, you know, the refs see, you know, we, we listen, we hear David and Goliath a lot growing up, you know, so that story is pretty, pretty much prominent in people's minds. So when you put that out there on the court against me, then the refs gonna give him a little bit more. So when he run up on me like a pit bull, grab me, hold me, I don't mind it. That's how he make his money. That's how he feed his family. But if I throw something back, then let us play. You get what I'm saying? So I got four or five offensive fouls like that. I'm just trying to figure out, you know, uh, each possession, how I could be more effective without getting offensive fouls. All right, KD is trying to step up to Patrick Beverly. I don't – does he know how it worked out in David Goliath? I don't know if you yeah. want to lose that one because the little dude won in that right, one. Right. So he better be careful. I don't think he really wants any of Patrick Beverly um, from a physical standpoint. Now, on the court, he might be right, but I do think he's absolutely under skin and in his head, more importantly. Yeah, I, I think the fact that he's got to sit up at a – at a press conference and talk about Patrick Beverly. Um, Doesn't it, that bother the crap out of him? Yeah, I'm sure it does. Yeah. That, that, that's, that, that in and of itself lets you know that he's in his head because this is something that I've now got to talk about on a, on a, on a, at a morning shoot-around. I really do enjoy the way Kevin Durant handled that, though, and I thought he had some really good points. I would have rather he just say, um, Patrick Beverly, y'all know who I am, and not have to say three times I'm Kevin Durant. Right. I would have liked it to just let it be dead there. Right. But there is something to the fact that refs are allowing Patrick Beverly to basically manhandle Kevin Durant, and when he tries to, you know, exert his like strength and 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 ability to push Patrick Beverly around, they're calling offensive fouls. I say if you're going to let that be a physical matchup, and you guys have talked about it before the game, hey, you know, that fans like to see this or whatever, whatever your mandate is, like we're going to let Patrick Beverly, you know, get a little physical. I think Kevin Durant should be afforded the opportunity to do the same back to Patrick Beverly. And in game one, they didn't need Kevin Durant to saddle up and score 40 points for them to win the game. Yep. In game two, they might have, and it was, you know, in the flow of it. They kind of got caught slip, sleeping at the wheel. Um, I think in game three, you will see an effort to get him the ball in some more advantageous positions where he can kind of exert his will offensively on Patrick Beverly. I don't think they need to get out of character to his point and for it to become a one-on-one matchup, but I do think you need to exploit it if you're going to have 6-3 playing 6-11 in the post. I think you need to take advantage of that. Yeah, how is Kevin Durant only listed at 6-9? Because that's clearly not that's the case. Uh, when you look at this, what's the more likely thing that will unfold here? Because the refs obviously are going to hear these comments. Yeah. Are they? Because I actually think it is smart to alert them this way. I don't think it was super aggressive. I don't think he trashed the refs. He just said, hey, they need. will they – Call the game a little differently saying, Hey, he has a point. Or do you think they'll be a little irritated that he brought it up? 
No, I don't think though. I don't think they'll be irritated. I thought he did it the right way, and I thought he, which again, is a good thing, because if they are noticing it more, then then they say, "Hey, we're going to call it one." They're going to sure. set the tone early one way, or they're going to let them both play. And he handled it well, saying, "I don't mind that they let him do it to me." It's not like he's crying but about just the let us both do it. Let us both do it. Right. I think they'll appreciate that, or at least they should. The thing about refs, Danny, is you never can predict what they're going to do. <laughs> they've got their little egos involved in the game, and he's got a history with them. So now you never really know what's going to happen in the play. Playoffs. Generally speaking, people don't pay to see Patrick Beverly get under Kevin Durant's skin to a degree that costs Kevin Durant ejections in playoff games. So yep. if I were betting my money going off experience, I would imagine you see some early fouls on Patrick Beverly if he's being overly aggressive on Kevin Durant. Who do you got? Uh, Warriors are laying eight and a half. Bro, you put everything you got on the Warriors. Really? You think they just smoke them tonight? Smoke them tonight. Really? Yes. All right, take it to the bank. I actually probably will try to take that to the bank. I'll follow your advice. <laughs> uh, then you got game three with the Sixers. They're going to the Nets, going to Brooklyn. Any retaliation or impact of anything from Joel Embiid's nope. the flagrant, the comments after, laughing, the ultimate disrespect? Nope. Nothing? Hey, no, they're not built like that in the NBA anymore. It's not that kind of league. It's just not, and I don't, you know, who, who on that roster with the Nets is going to do it? Well, that's, that's the billion dollar question. Yeah, there's nobody that's going to do that. Yeah. You know, the best way you could do it now, um, is go out and let your game do the talking. I know that sounds old cliche and whatever, but go out there and, and if you're the Nets, punch them in the mouth early with your game. Spread them out. Attack that pick and roll. Keep going at Joel Embiid in the pick and roll situations and Boban Marjanovic. Let those, let those guards go to work. You've got, you know, Karis Levert, um, the kid, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, D'Angelo Russell. All of those guys were having field days in, in high pick and rolls. Let them continue to do it. All right. So Dudley was asked about it, who we thought could have been the enforcer type player. No, you that thought. Might take I did. I you never say did. No. I said no. So his comments, he came out. I, they asked him what he thought about Joel Embiid laughing. He said, I felt a certain type of way about it. Just because you're laughing when somebody could have gotten really, really hurt, that's been Embiid's personality, but just because it's your personality doesn't mean it's right. Sweet. That's soft. They really did not respond. I, I'm hoping they There's do something no more than that. Uh, Sixers favored by three. What we need to do is have, this is what we need to do in the NBA now. We need to, we need to schedule therapy sessions for the Seriously. two involved. That's, that's where we're at now. Ridiculous. Some conflict resolution. Exactly. They've Get got Joel Embiid and, and Jared Allen. Sit them down with a counselor. Let's work through this. this what did you like about what Jared did? Right. Right. Exactly. How'd that make you feel? <laughs> that would be the best. That is what we're going to nowadays. Uh, Sixers uh, land three. Who do you like? Uh, I'm going to take the Sixers. All right. Uh, last one. Nuggets at Spurs. Mm. This is just a little bit interesting. Denver gets game two to kind of even it back up. Now they go to San Antonio. Think they can carry out, build off that, and they take control of the series? Or the Nuggets are, they're, they're, they're not playoff proven. And so I, I think they're going to be a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type of team in the playoffs where, well, they'll be good one night, not good the other night. I do think there's some momentum there about the way, uh, they finish the game. I'll take the Nuggets to win it. Um, the three and a half. I guess I'll take the three and a half. All right. I have something that's more impressive than LeBron James, all the finals appearances, than Jordan six rings, than um pick your great Tommy Brady. Yep, better than Tommy Brady. Tiger. Are you aware better than Tiger's comeback of the Masters? Right. I don't know. Was the that far. Thing I've ever... Uh did you <laughs> are you aware of what's happening on Jeopardy right now? No, and I love There Jeopardy. is a dynasty happening right before our very eyes. I think I saw that dude. Yes, so his name is James Holzhauer. Yeah. He is He's going to shatter everything. Ken Jennings really? was the old goat. You and he, are seeing he was a new dude, goat. Ken Jennings was the dude who bet everything every time, right? Yeah. This dude's taking it to a whole nother level. He's going everything every time. He's broken his own record just uh, last night. He won 131000 in one show. 
beat his previous record of 110,000, bringing his total up to 690, 700 grand during his 10 day run. Now, the thing that's crazy about it, Jennings won more than two and a half million. He had a 74 game winning streak. Uh, Jennings, 74 already, game winning he's, streak. He's on pace to surpass Ken Jennings. Uh, in just 36 games. Oh my if god! Gets so there. you don't cap out. There's not like if you. I thought there was too. Out of here. No, you can just keep going like forever. There used to be like a five, like sure. a five show minimum. Now they let him go. So you this could, dude's gonna be a. He's gonna be the next Warren you Buffett. Would make Jeopardy a living money. as a Jeopardy player. Heck yeah! I think I could do that. Let, let's start studying. I am real. Go. I'm good at Jeopardy. I watch it all the time. Yeah. How good? Real good. <laughs>